listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. And I'm thinking flat foreheads. <laughs> Why flat foreheads? Because I've noticed that the flatter the forehead from going, aha, the smarter the person. <laughs> well, actually, I'd prefer that we think about life a little differently because there's one critical physical law that most people ignore, and it impacts all of us, the physical law of entropy. And let me tell you about that right after I pray. Lord, thank you so much for the fact that you have provided this wonderful truth in your word for us to pay attention to. And it truly is something that we too often forget. We've been taught it, but we forget it. In your precious name, amen. Amen and hallelujah. And I forgot to say, hello, this is Paul Moore here with Oh, Herman that's Eben. right. Yeah, we totally forgot that, didn't we? But bless, well, I think I hit myself too hard in the forehead. <laughs> but thank you for the prayer. So entropy ties into this. Entropy. You know, one of the things that we miss is how impactful entropy is in our lives. Entropy is a physical law that says all things will scatter, disorganize, decline, rot, (laughs) if you want to use that word, if no energy is applied to it. So everything that you're taught, everything that you're listening to even right now is going to go away unless you add energy to it. If you don't put energy into it, it's not going to stay. It's going to go away. And that's the reason why what you were what you were saying is, aha, I've discovered something new. Actually, most of us will end up having more oh yeah moments. Oh yeah moments are related to, oh yeah, I knew that before. Well, wait a minute. I have heard you say many times, so I'm just going to ask. Why is it you would rather have us have oh yes moments rather than aha moments? Because uh, oh yeah moment is bringing it back to mind. You hopefully have already learned it. I'd prefer that you be thinking about the things that you already know. And because I really do believe very strongly in the Ecclesiastes principle, which is there's nothing new under the sun. (laughs) (laughs) So that is a critical component for us. And that will lead us into lead us back into this idea of understanding about change. Remember what we were talking about last week about change? Mm -hmm. We were talking about the fact that there was this common pattern for change. This common pattern of change is that I was living life this way. Then this happened. Now I live life this way. Or I was living life this way. Something happened. It happened again. It happened again. It happened again. Oh, Now I live life this way. That's the common pattern for change, right? That's the reason why you had the uh, flat forehead. You were hitting your forehead going, oh, yeah, that's what that was. That's exactly right. But at least with that, with the flat forehead hitting myself, it means I'm getting it. Because you made a statement last time. You said, you know what? If you don't know your Bible, expect to be deceived. Amen to that. And that's why it keeps happening again and again and again. Because Satan's strategy, remember Satan's one and only strategy? Satan's one and only strategy started in the Garden of Eden, and he uses the same strategy on you and I every day, every circumstance. And what's that strategy again? Did God really say? There you go. And just notice, that is what is happening to us. And if we are in God's word, he uses that strategy and he doesn't really need to use that strategy with us if we're not in his word. 
what God is offering to us and stating to us is something you can trust. And Satan is constantly coming back and saying, no, you can't trust that. You can trust yourself, but you can't trust that. That's exactly how it typically works. So this common pattern for change gets you to be deceived. If you don't pay attention to God's word, your deception is so much easier, so much easier. So what we want to consider here is we didn't tell you last time what the other element of this was, because there's two elements of this that are going on. The last time we spoke, and I really recommend everybody go back to the website, that's Great Relationships, gr numeral 8 relationshipscom All the programs are there, the videos, the study guides, everything. But last time you said what this is, and you said there are two different thises. Right, and so let me make certain that people are hearing this correctly. A common pattern for change is I was living life this way. This happened. That's the reason why we're referring to this Now I live life differently. There are two things that this can be. This happened. It can be two different things. It can be truth and reality, which means that now I live my life differently, has more understanding. There's a greater chance for uh, truth to show up in your life in action, so to speak. There's more... uh, tendency for wisdom and freedom to show up. And it's largely unexpected because you don't realize it's going to be happening that way. So that's the one this. The other this will continue you on that trail down, which is more lies, more deception. And you will continue to go down. So if it's If your this is truth and reality, expect life to probably get better. Not meaning that you would necessarily have health in your life or wealth or any of those other things, but you would have wisdom that you would understand how life would work. If, though, you are deceived, if you continue to recognize or believe lies, then just expect your life to have this unexpected regrets, grief, and slavery. Now, a great example of that, of believing a lie... And then seeing the unexpected regrets, grief, and slavery, just go back to the Garden of Eden again, right? Adam and Eve could say, I was living life this way. I was living in a perfect environment. Then this happened. I was approached by this serpent, and this serpent said that I should eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I did, and I was expecting life to be awesome, but it turned out to be awful, regrets, grief, and slavery. Now we've been kicked out of the garden. See, that is the this that we too often follow rather than the good this. Okay, so then let me ask. This is how I was living. This happened. Something happened. This happened. Now it's this way. So the this is a change agent, and you're saying that that change agent can either help me and make life better or it can hurt me and make life worse. And the only chance that you have for it to be better, truly better, is that it's based on truth and reality. And what we defined last time is that truth and reality are synonymous terms. Truth and reality, if you start seeing life through God's eyes, reality, that's how it is. It's not how it feels, it's how it is. When you start recognizing reality, it's truly your friend. 
and it will help you get wisdom. It will help you understand how life works. And that's the reason why I'm saying to you, if you don't get into God's word and see the truth and reality, just expect to be deceived. Continue on that downward path. So that's where I see that mature believers, people who are in the word, that's why they're saying, oh, yes, I Uh, know this, as opposed to, oh, yeah. Or, aha, you know, a brand new discovery. I'm for discovery. I really am. I'm for discovery. But I'm, I'm really more interested in people being called back to what they already know, because that means that there's a greater chance that they might be able to have a little bit more energy for doing what's right, because you already know it, so to speak. Okay, thank you, Herman, and hope you will join us after the break. In the meantime, feel free to drop us a line at Great Relationships, our address, P.O. Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Again, that's Great Relationships, Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710 or find us and like us on Facebook but copies of this program are available along with the study guide and the instructional videos that relate to the chapters out of the material we talk about at greatrelationships.com that's gr numeral 8 relationships.com we'll be back right after this for great relationships. Your beliefs do not change for the better until you see current reality. Seeing current reality, things clearly, how they really are, helps change our beliefs for the better. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down. www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! Now! And we're back. Great relationships. GR numeral 8 relationships.com is the website. You know, it's hard to say, but I like the fact that, bless God, we're turning infinity on its head. You know, the little <laughs> infinity symbol, you turn it vertical and you get the 8 for greatrelationships.com. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's clarifying or confusing. I, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is how it was. Something happened, and bless God, that's how it is now. Uh-huh. You know, one of the great things about working with you and working with this material is we oftentimes get testimonies of people that have been through the program. Or at least have talked to us related to the program and found some answers in the program, which is great. Yeah, it's wonderful. This is how I was living. Something happened. Mm -hmm. Great relationships. And this is how it is now. And I want to start with this. Ultimately, she says in the letter that she wrote us, and this is a poem that she's really written to the Father. 
And it says, your plan is the plan that I want. Your will is the will that I need. I'm holding these plans with an open hand. Lord, help me simply to follow. Help me, help me, please. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a great way of where she ended up. In this common pattern for change, I was living life this way. This happened, now I live this way. She now is living in a way that has totally unexpected rewards, wisdom, and grace. So, so let's talk mm-hmm. about that for a second, mm-hmm. because she's tootling along in life, and she gets to be a teenager, and her father, whom she loves and respects, who protects and provides and preserves for her. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming a good and godly man. When she's in the ninth grade, he gets diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Right. And all of a sudden, the security of her world starts to crack. That's exactly right. So significantly so that, you know, it's funny. She says, almost instantly, I became an endless planner, organizing and attempting to control every detail I control in order to guarantee outcomes. And without knowing it, she writes, I became a slave unknowingly and overnight, of course, I marked it to myself and to others of having things together. But on the inside, she was exhausted. Yeah. She had become deplete. All her energy was taken. And just just go back a few programs and recognize what she's struggling with here and what's happening with her is the same thing that happens with you and I. When we try to control things, it drives energy out of our life. It drives energy away from us rather than to us. Well, you had described it, and she did here. And she said, I lived in a constant state of exhaustion, fear, and anxiety about what I was not able to control. Yeah. In fact, sleep eluded her. The stress I experienced personally took a great toll on all my relationships. Right. And then what's so interesting, she specifically gives the statement that in her mid-20s, mm. And notice how much of a time has passed here from the ninth, from the ninth grade. grade to the mid-20s. That is a lot of years trying to control things, and it was literally driving her to exhaustion. It may have had a tremendous impact on other things in her life, not only trying to control her father's situation, but also impacting her and her husband in their relationship in many, many ways, because I know that after, after talking to her. And it was just, it was funny. So ultimately, you know, it was (laughs) the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess. God never presses us more than we need to. So here she is in her mid-20s with a husband, a man she loves, and she's not able to have children, and they want it. And I'm just going to quote her here. It says, I had come face to face with the fact that I was not in control, but God in his graciousness had used all these things to my benefit and brought me to a place where I was able to see and accept that he was my hope. I so desperately needed him. I needed to trust him and and that he knew what was best for me. And I knew that I was powerless. Okay, now notice this. Everything that she stated there, is that a good this or is that a bad this? Well, it's funny. It's a good this, but originally she was thinking it was bad. Exactly. She was not willing to believe that. And that's what happens with you and I when we are in a situation of life and we become this control person trying to control our circumstances around us because we do not believe the truth. We fall into the strategy of Satan. Did God really say he would take care of me? No, he didn't really say in this situation, right? <laughs> That's exactly what's happening here. She, she was not believing all of that. 
Therefore, her life continued to sink. It continued to follow the pattern of entropy because she was not putting her energy into truth. All she had was the lies that she was willing to believe. Okay, this is going to sound over simple, but why don't we trust the truth? (laughs) Guess what? Because we don't really believe who God is. I mean, I'm going to make it that simple. We don't trust the truth because we can't see him. We want a sign like so many other of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes wanted in the New Testament. Give us a sign. Well, he'd given them a sign. The Lord gives us signs all the time about who he is. But our issue of we don't believe the truth because we are more willing to trust our own experience, what we can see here in this earthly realm, what we're fed as truth, so to speak, from the world. We're trusting ourselves. The whole strategy of Satan ends up causing us to trust ourselves. We give it all away for a bowl of beans. Yes, we will. Can I ask you, is there a verse you want to steer me to, to help me with this? She gave two in her testimony. I love the two verses that she provides here, which is a, a great one. They're related to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Notice that none of this peace and everything is going to happen unless you have this continual trust in the Lord, thanking him for everything. That is, a, that is one of those issues in my life that I call myself back to, am I trusting the Lord or am I trusting myself? If I'm trusting the Lord, it's easy for me to be thankful in all things. When I don't find myself thankful, more than likely I'm trusting myself. Okay, so in this Philippians 4, 6 through 7, where it says surpasses all understanding, That includes when I'm thinking it's really kind of crummy, I'm lost and alone, and God does not know my name. Right. There is nothing that happened better about her father, right? She literally got to the place where she just accepted that the Lord's way was the right way. He's not going to be healed from that Parkinson's disease, more than likely. He is probably going to continue to have a downward spiral in his life. She is either going to trust that the Lord's perfect and know knows what's going on, or she's going to make life miserable on herself. The the same type of thing with with infertility. The issue with, with that is the Lord either wants me to have a baby or he doesn't. I'm going to trust him. Herman, accepting. Is that the same thing as giving up? If I'm saying, well, I accept it, does that mean I give up? Accepting doesn't remove actions out of our life. There's always choice, but accepting means you're going to choose. I The way I would like to use the term, I like to use the term abandonment. I like to use the term I accept, meaning I abandon myself to the Lord rather than trusting my own abilities anymore. I accept that the Lord is right and that I'm wrong. I end up moving myself over to his side rather than staying on my side. So I abandon my own thinking to start thinking according to the way he asked me to think. So that's the way that I would like to use that. Well, I think I saw that in her letter as well, because Mm -hmm. as a result of her father's diagnosis and then later with infertility in the early stages of their marriage, she became a critical planner, a critical thinker. Right. Trying to plan around 
the things that might be bad. She thought she could plan enough to prevent these bad things from happening. Isn't, isn't that the way all of us do it in some form? <laughs> Bless God. Bless God, it's true. You know, and she writes, I'm still a planner, but now I plan with this mindset. I wrote these words during my trial with infertility, and they are, Father, your plan is the plan that I want. Your will is the will that I need. I am holding these plans with an open hand. Lord, help me. Help me, please, simply to follow. Yeah, what a great illustration of I was living life this way. I believe the truth that God actually states in his word. Now I'm experiencing what wonderful things that God has available to me. And one of those wonderful things, bless God, is the opportunity to serve you with this program. We thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Great Relationships, GRNumeral8Relationships.com. We'll be back right after this. Great thoughts for great relationships. Unconditional love is not tolerance. Love stands for truth and boundaries. Love does not rejoice in evil or what is bad. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And we're back, greatrelationships.com, GR numeral 8, relationships.com. Herman, before the break, we were talking about Laura's story, which, bless God, includes her prayer. Father, your plan is the plan that I want. Your will is the will that I need. I'm holding these plans with an open hand. Lord, help me, help me, please, simply to follow. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's great now, but is she going to stay there? Because you have told me on more than one occasion, if you don't know the Bible, expect to be deceived. And clearly, this, this, her father getting ill her infertility, and now she has children, bless God. There's a pitter-patter of little feet running around Laura's mm-hmm. house. She could have taken it another way, and you always say, if you don't know the Bible, expect to be deceived. And what's concerning to me, you say, we seldom change for better unless we accept truth and reality. Just imagine yourself in her shoes. Her father has this Parkinson's disease, it's very easy for your emotions to take over at that point in time, right? What, what type of emotions we would have would be, why did he deserve that? Why did I deserve this? Why did, why did my family deserve it? So her emotions end up becoming tied up in that 
all this concept of deserved, the same type of emotions would be tied up in her infertility. Now, why did I deserve that? What did I do that that was so bad that left me without a child? What happened there? Because our focus is on the wrong thing. That's what we're, the reason why we're talking about all this change, all this pattern for change is because we led into it talking about we do not want to be emotion-led. We want to have good thinking, which drives emotions and actions. If we have bad thinking, it's going to drive bad emotions and bad actions. Fear drove her to try to control everything. That means that she's led by bad thinking, driving these bad emotions. That's what's happening with it, with her. So the issue is all of us are experiencing exactly the same thing. Okay, so she's all cool in Christ today. Can she go back to being this mega control freak? In a snap, in an absolute wink of the eye, any one of us can be that. Is this the entropy you were talking about at the top of the program? No doubt about it. I could go back to my controlling ways that I developed over 50 plus years, so I've got them refined. <laughs> <laughs> a skilled master. I am a master at this. Nobody needs to talk to me about that. I can go back to that right now. Now, how does that work? It works as simply as I just got through saying. If you don't understand that your thinking is the driver on all of this, you're going to start thinking that it's somehow emotions that's driving it. It's not. It's your thinking that drives all of this. She was thinking improperly. What was she thinking before? She was thinking, maybe I don't deserve this. God is somehow punishing us. Any of those type of thoughts could be there. But she wasn't thinking what was real and true about God. She wasn't into reality. Reality and truth about God, who, if we just leave it with this just one word, he's perfect. He never does anything wrong for any of his, of his children. He never does that. So how easy could it be for me to go back to being a control freak? That fast. She could do exactly the same thing. The only chance she has to stay with this good thinking is to be reinforcing it with God's word following the Philippians 4 passage that she quoted, right? <laughs> yes. And that's the reason why thankfulness, having these little triggers in your mind to remind you to go back to that oh yeah moment. You see, it's oh yeah. The Lord says that I'm to be thankful and I can be because he's perfect. I need to remind myself of that. If I don't remind myself of that, entropy is going to take that away from you. Then there you have it. It's okay to have a flat head, but better to be, oh yeah. Oh yeah. To put energy into the thinking. That's right. Not the emotion. And one of my favorite verses is the one coming up right after that passage, Philippians 4, 8. You know, (laughs) to think on these things. What things? Those things that are true, just, no pure, lovely, of good report, anything that's praiseworthy. The Lord is saying, put the thoughts in your mind that fit who I am. And therefore, my emotions are going to be driven by that good thinking rather than bad thinking. There you go. And I like how it starts in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren. Yeah. Bottom line. (laughs) Yeah. What a great thing to be considering there. But see, that's how you and I are to be involved in our walk with the Lord. We're to be doing exactly what Paul, okay, Paul, finally, brethren, 
Think on those things that are pure, just, lovely, and true. Don't be thinking about the fact that you think you can control life. You can't. See, that's the way that we help the other people go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bless God. There you have Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue... And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is a great, great testimony from uh, Laura. What a, what a privilege we have to share her testimony with you and certainly uh, with the whole world, if possible. And we invite you to share your testimony with us. That's Great Relationships, Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Again, Great Relationships, Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. And until next time, God bless you and keep you. Jim, I'm taking a physics class in college. This semester's all about them thermodynamics. You took physics. How would you define entropy? It's been a long time, but as I recall, entropy causes all things to decline, scatter, and disorganize if no energy is put into them. Would that be true for my relationships also? It's especially true of your relationships. If you're not constantly working to maintain or improve your relationships, you can be certain they're getting worse. Sounds like that would apply to my values, too. You're right. Just because you're spiritual today, that doesn't mean you'll be spiritual tomorrow. The more time you spend reading God's Word, the more likely you're going to have good values and make good decisions. One thing I know now is that entropy is not what it used to be. Join us next week as Herman invites you to learn about entropy and how it affects your relationships. Great relationships, seeking the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.